Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey always reigns supreme. Whether you were raised at the barn in Uniondale or born in the stable at Belmont, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, let's drop the puck and get this party started. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. A special edition Matt Barzell contract signing reaction show coming at you tonight on a Tuesday. Myself, Sean Cuthbert, and Mr. Chris Bott are going to talk about the big eight-year extension signed by Matt Barzell. And very special guest, former New York Islander and current ESPN and TSN analyst Ray Ferraro will be joining us tonight to talk about the Barzell contract, the New York Islanders. Very excited to have him on. So welcome to a special edition of Hockey Night New York, presented by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, sponsored by Lost Farmers Brewing Company and R.J. Daniels American Bar and Grill. Exciting day here for the New York Islanders. Chris Botta, welcome. Thanks for joining me tonight. How are we doing? I'm doing great, Sean. Bonus Barzell show. Really excited. Yes, indeed. A little unexpected. I didn't see it coming today. Obviously, Matt Barzell was saying all the right things, and he put his money where his mouth was, and he put pen to paper to an eight-year deal, 73 mil and change, I believe, 9.15 AAV. So here we go. Matt Barzell is going to be a New York Islander, at least until, if my math is right, 34 years old. October 4th, 2022. Mark it down. It is a day of celebration. I understand that this is not something that a lot of people outside of Islanders country would get, but this is important. This is a star player, a, a, um, a player it means a lot to the franchise, a leader, a popular player, a incredibly skilled player, dedicating, signing on for the prime, the entire prime of his career with the New York Islanders. This has not happened often. This has not happened to this length. Um, Everything about it is a reason to celebrate. I do not want to hear about the salary. I get it. I already saw that uh, my buddy Frank Saravalli and, and his guy, Mike, you know, came out with some stuff saying, you know, the, the cap's too high. I get it. I understand. I, we all know how many goals Matt Barzell has scored. We, all, you know, we also know he hasn't had the line mates yet. We know what he can do. So uh, he got the money he deserved. It's not an overpay. It's not an underpay. It sounds just about right. I like that little Amarillo. Uh, it was pretty public today in saying, you know, I, I want to get this done. I don't want to be thinking right. about this. I don't want him thinking about this. I don't want our fans thinking about it. So after a long, grueling, uh, pointless offseason for the most <laughs> part, uh, it ends or at least we go into the regular season a week before the regular season with the happiest news concerning your current Islanders. So make no mistake, this is a positive across the board, no matter how it turns out. Good player, good value. Let's go. No, Chris, I am 100% in agreement with you. This is huge for the New York Islanders. A big bit of positive news after what you've already described as a not the best summer if you look at it from an Islanders perspective. So definitely a great positive note now heading into the regular season. We're essentially a week away, and it's a really good bit of news for Islander fans who were definitely concerned going in. You talk about season ticket holders, wondering you know what this team was going to do, and, and to lock up their franchise player, their most talented player at 25 for his prime years like you talk about. I mean, eight years is pretty much a sweet spot. I mean, it's going to end around 34, and that's probably the age where the production starts to tail off, right? So you're going to get some great production out of Matt Barzell now from his 25... He's 25 years old now. He's got this last year left on his last contract, and then he's got the eight years going in, and you don't have to worry about your top-line center for a very, very long time. This is not much more money than the kind of money... People talk about when they talk about the JT Millers of the NHL. By the way, JT Miller, who could have become an Islander this offseason. And right. that's a player who's been up and down. And Barzell really hasn't been up and down. He, he shows up every night. He's there. I think it's been more a lack of help. So, you know, there's a lot of history here with this team. You know, I was there in 2001 where, you know, we just we, we broke blank checks for Alexi Ash and, <laughs> right. and we said to the Sabres, what do you want for Michael Pekka? And that was the right thing, by the way, at that time in a lot of ways, those moves to fix I things. Agree. You know, we've been there before. But when you look at the history, Tavares, the things he said and then didn't come and then didn't sign others, 
you know, this is a special, special moment. Uh, Matthew Barzell deserves the, the loudest of ovations at the home opener and really all season. He also, you know, there's charisma there. There's flair. We talked about Clark Gillies uh, on a show recently. You know, this the, he brings some star caliber to this team, right. a team that needs some jam, a team that needs some appeal. And uh, listen, he checks a lot of the boxes. He is not a perfect player, but that number is is right. And boy, those years, that's a blessing. No doubt about it. And he had a lot of great quotes today after the signing was announced. And, and one of which I kind of want to focus on is the fact that, you know, not only did he want to get the deal done, but he made a point to say, you know, if this had a carried over into the season, he would have been worrying about the wrong things, the indiv- individualistic side of things. I'm in my point production, am I going to put up the right amount of points to to get the contract I want? So now he said, he basically came out and said, I can focus on the team and I can focus on winning games. And I think out of your franchise player, out of a potential future leader, I mean, he's already a leader for this team, but you never know. There's probably going to be a letter on that sweater at some point. But to hear such, you know, mature team-oriented words like that, I think bodes very well for for him and the franchise. I agree, and there will be a letter at some point, not just because he signed, but because of everything else that he has brought to the table. I think of his actions after Tavares signed with Toronto. (laughs) You know, he really had this kind of like bleep you kind of attitude about it. Like, you you don't want to be here? Well, now he's backed up his words today. So this is... and, and. Again, I'll make one more uh, comparison or uh, thing toward Tavares is that this is a player without a s- questions about his skating ability. You play. You know the difference, right? Now, is Matthew going to skate this way when he's 35, 36? No, but he's got eight year, more years plus yes. l- like this. And right, even if he even if he uh, goes falls down a little bit in his speed, he's still faster and quicker yes. and more agile and, and better stick handler than most of the guys in the league. So this is just a terrific news. One more thing about uh, the, what it means and about not having to think about it. You know, we forget about this sometimes. I think certainly Lou Lamorello forgets about this, and, and that's actually one of the good things about him. But this is the entertainment business. This is this is about selling tickets. This is about wanting people sure. to watch the games on TV, to buy the merchandise, and, and, and then all the corny stuff, coming together as a community, being fans, going to R.J. Daniels, going to the different bars. <laughs> I, yeah. I would jog around Rockville Center during the playoff runs and see TVs on every house in this in this neighborhood with people sitting outside watching. You know, like it's like this is why this kind of thing is done. So if if somebody wants to say, oh, maybe he should have got seven point seven point nine five according to my freaking calculator by the you know the summit, you know, yeah, okay, stick it. Okay, they, 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 this this does not prevent them from building a team by to adding people. There are other things that do. I get that, but this contract does not get in the way of the Islanders doing more business going forward for eight years to come. Well, well, not only that, but just to, to touch on that, there's a very interesting contrast that I've seen today just from the, the reactions. Now, within Islander country, it generally seems positive. Everybody's excited about it. And, and you know, maybe a little bit of that is because Islander fans have been scorned by other players in the past, and that's fine. But, you know, when you look at the numbers, you look at the average salary and everything like that, most in Islander country say, I'm good. In fact, it's funny. I made a note when we were doing this for the show Sunday. We didn't get to it. We we're going to try to project Barzell's contract. And I had 9.5 written down. He gets 9.15. So to me already, it's a win as far as what I was projecting for him, right? And I think what people outside the team have to remember, because these are, those are the people that are given the negative connotations about this, this contract, is, is they're outsiders and they're looking at the stat sheet. They're looking at the numbers. They're not looking at everything else. They're not looking at the fact that he's the most talented player on this team. He's obviously the best puck carrier, the best playmaker on the team, leader of this team, and he's played in a Barry Trotz defensive-oriented system for the last three, four years of his career, right? And we've seen what he did in his rookie year. We know that he can put up 85 points in the right system. Now, is that going to be the system this year with Lane Lambert? Remains to be seen. But he's an elite player, and he's a huge, huge part of this team. The most important cog, some might argue, but the most important cog to this team as far as I'm concerned. Well worth the money, 9.15 per for the next eight years at 25 years old. Take it any day because I'll tell you right now, if he was on the open market, there would be teams lining up to pay him even more. Including the Boston Bruins who somehow took three guys. <laughs> yes, right. indeed. The, uh, listen, 
Um, I like this contract no matter what, no matter what happens to the folks. And I find this really funny with some of the deep, deep analysis. And I know we're going to have Ray Ferraro on, and we'll see what Ray says. That's right. right. Special guest tonight, Ray Ferraro. But it's funny to me that the people who have a lot to say, they don't actually... They haven't watched the games and they don't know the story. And part of that's okay because you don't live here, you know. But I sure. don't. I don't. And I think a lot of the other locals aren't that quick to comment on, you know, some guy signing in Detroit and what was was he worth it or the the Calgary signings. Like they're gonna wind up. They're gonna wind up giving Uyghur a lot of money, and it's gonna seem odd to me. But everybody in Calgary, including Eric right. Francis and the Calgary exactly. writers, all nice guys by the way, love you. They <laughs> they all they're all gonna talk about how great that was. It's like you know when when they signed uh, everybody that they signed. So it's different. You know, fine. Have your opinion, but you're wrong. I don't. I, I don't. Barzell could get 58 points again this year. That doesn't change what happened today. Today is a celebration. Today was the right move. Congratulations to all involved. No question about it. So, folks, I want to thank you for tuning into this very special edition of Hockey Night in New York, the Matt Barzell Contract Reaction Show. Ray Ferraro is going to join us in a moment. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, he'll be on with us. See you in a bit. Hey, Islander fans, you already know Blue Line Deli and Bagels is the best place to get your game day meal. And now, you can get it at the game. Blue Line Deli and Bagels is proud to be featured in the brand new UBS Arena for all Islander games and live events as an official partner of the New York Islanders. Blue Line is also moving beyond Belmont, opening its doors at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. So whether it's at the Islanders' new home, East Islip, or at the flagship deli at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, All three locations are eager to greet you with their familiar, friendly service and the best food around. So stop on in for delicious Bagel Boss bagels, hearty breakfast favorites, tasty hockey-themed heroes, freshly made smoothies, and so much more. And remember, you can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero. It's a new Islander season, and you've got a great spot to catch all the action. R.J. Daniels American Barn Grill in Rockville Center. Inside the bar or the heated outdoor patio, you won't miss any of the excitement on their wall-to-wall big-screen TVs and in-game sound. Enjoy it all with delicious food, drinks, and plenty of specials in a lively atmosphere staffed by the friendliest folks around. R.J. Daniels is in the heart of Rockville Center at 279A Sunrise Highway, just steps from the train station. So come on down. Watch the boys in blue and orange continue their quest for Lord Stanley with your fellow Islander diehards. And when the game's not on, stop by for a great meal and a great time seven days a week. Hang for the late night bar scene or book a party or catering for any occasion. Call 516-536-6258 to make reservations and go to rjdaniels.com to check out the menu. R.J. Daniels American Bar and Grill. Your home for New York Islanders hockey. Miss the days of mixtapes and arcades? Love the taste of a bold IPA or maybe an ice cold lager? There's a place where all of those magical things come together Lost Farmer Brewing Company. At 63A East 2nd Street in the heart of Mineola, Lost Farmer combines a love of the 80s and a passion for quality beer to create brews that can only be described as gnarly, radical, and totally tubular. The retro vibe of the tasting bar will amp up your nostalgia while the blend of both local and exotic ingredients amp up your taste buds. Beer not your thing? Crack open a can of cider or a sip of Chardonnay on the extended patio. Order up from the snack menu? You can even bring your own. If you're more of a homebody, pick up a growler to go or order online at lostfarmerbrewing.com. And for Islander fans, Lost Farmer created the delicious Stable Shaker American Lager to celebrate the Isle's new home of Belmont where it's poured from taps throughout the arena. So raise a cup to the next cup with Lost Farmer Brewing Company, the future of Long Island craft beer. Thanks for giving some time to our sponsors. Ready to talk more aisles? The train rolls on right here on Hockey Night in New York. Welcome back. And now joining us is Ray Ferraro, the former Islander, the analyst, expert analyst for ESPN, TSN, and of course the co-host of the Ray and Ray's podcast, one of the best ones out there. Ray, my friend, how are you doing today? 
I'm doing great. I'm doing good, Chris. How was uh, how was summer? It was really good. Were you guys doing all right? Tammy, everybody's doing great. Big news over there. I know. How's the family? Yeah, we're uh, we're doing good. You know, you know, I've I've figured out here this. In case people don't know, this management thing is not a part-time job. Oh, <laughs> see now, now you now you appreciate Bill Tory. Yeah, absolutely. But I got to tell you, whatever whatever GM was doing back in the day and all that stuff, like it is so. I'm I'm getting really an education on. You know, we all look at an NHL team and see the roster, and that's kind of it. You know, like we might know a few prospects and things, but just to see the everyday, the grind, the you finish a task, then there's another one, and then there's another like there's no finish line nope. to it. And and so you know, Cammy doesn't tell me anything that's going on with the Canucks, which I used to hassle a little bit about. I wanted to know, but now I realize why she doesn't. And it's like so if I go on a show like with you and you said, hey, what's happening with this player? I, I It's just my opinion because I don't know. It's kind of to protect me more than anything else. But what I do know is it's not often that like she's, you know, I'm like, hey, can we meet for lunch? Like that's not happening. There's, there's none of that. There's, I have a job in hockey. <laughs> I have a job. I'm like, oh, really? I'm learning, man. I'm learning. And besides, Ray, I would never do that to you. Okay, first question. What happened with the J.T. Miller trade in the Islanders? In the Canucks? <laughs> I, I, I want to know. You think anybody's telling me, and you're certainly not getting it from New York, so... I don't. I don't know. We're not going to between you and I. We're not going to find out. I'd say put her on. She's not, she's probably working. Um, hey, you know, I, I reached out to you late today. I thank you so much for doing this. It, it, to me, it was a special case. It, it's a big deal for the Islanders. This says you know, guys don't sign long term here. They don't give up the prime of their careers here. And I know this is a player you know. So Matthew Barthazal uh, signs for eight years. My question to you: the first one, Ray, is on a personal level as a former Islander who I know this team means as much to you as any of the teams that you played for. So let's put aside the numbers, the years, the, 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 his line mates, whatever. What was, what's your reaction on a personal level to a guy signing for the prime of his career here? Well, I'm, I'm really happy for him. He's a good kid. He, he really is. Um, you know, when Landon, my, my son, who's now playing in Germany, uh, I was coaching his group, uh, they were skating in the summer and there was a uh, Landon was there and Martin Jones was there. Who's, um, now in Seattle and some guys that went on to, uh, Tyler Johnson and some really good NHL players. And Matt was this like little kid who was skating in the group after. And he was like a little water bug. And he was like, you know, he was always at the rink. And so one day he was going to come on the ice and, um, the guy that did most of his, a lot of his skill coaching is a, a fellow by the name of John Calvano, who we got to know here in Vancouver. So Matt's dad brings him to the rink and Matt's going to come out and kind of like push pucks around for us. And cause he's skating next. Well, he forgot his helmet and he was just sitting on the bench because he had no helmet and you can barely see over the boards, right? He was little, little still. So, you know, the, I followed Matt a long time. He's an exceptional talent. Um, I don't think he's even really scratched what he's going to be. Um, there, there's so much more to his game. Um, I, I think there's a, you know, there's been a push and pull in the game for him. But you get a little older now. You've got some, you know, so you've got massive security. You know that the team is is kind of all in on you. I think it turns it turns him loose a little bit. Oh, I agree with you. I'm glad to hear that. Do you, you know, and we've seen this before, but uh, there's always this question about line mates. As a center, you know, you there was things with you too. Who should Ray play with? Uh, although we fit you with pretty good ones in 92, 93. You <laughs> talked eloquently yeah. about that. Um, but any thoughts on, is there a perfect forward, a winger, or wingers for him. I mean, right now we think it's going to be, you know, Zach Prise, uh grinding a lot and working hard and getting to the net and 
and probably Palmieri is going to get another shot at that. And I know the pickings are somewhat slim. Oliver Wallstrom would be the, the younger possibility there. Your thoughts on the kind of players who might, this is a dazzling guy, you know, what are the kinds of players that should be playing with him? Well, if, I, if I'm not coaching and I'm not managing, so I can say this because it's just a hypothetical, mm-hmm. right? So um, I'm going to give you a name of a guy just because of the style of player he is. So Max Pacioretty's in Carolina. Max can, you know, he's got a torn Achilles tendon, and, you know, hopefully he'll be back for the second part of the season. But Max is a pure shooter. I don't want anyone that wants to carry the puck playing with Matt. Matt Barzell's strength is opening the ice, is to skate away from people, to carry the puck, to draw people, to find someone. You need a shooter. You need a pure shooter on on one side. You need somebody to be able to retrieve the puck to get it into his hands. And so one of the reasons that you you brought up the guys I played with I never had to worry about a puck battle below the goal line because Pat Flatley was going to get the puck. That was his job on our line. Benny Hogue's job was to shoot it and to create space with his speed. So everybody's got to have something they bring to it. If If you have two players that like to carry the puck, it does not work. There's not a... It's like having a, a couple of shooting guards on the court. There's only one ball. Like you, the puck needs to be in the guy's hand that's the most dangerous. So I, I, I get the thought of Parisi and Paul Mary. I, I still think there's um, they got to be able to skate with him. They've got to be quick enough. They've got to get up the ice with him, and they have to each connect with him uh, to make him the most effective player. It's not him fitting their game, it's them fitting Matt's game. Wallstrom is the shooter, whether he can keep up with them. Well, I don't know if anybody can keep up with them, but it's currently on the roster. Well, you don't got to beat them in a road race. You've just, you've got to get to the spot. There's two things a guy, a goal scorer in the NHL, Chris, has to have. They've got to be able to have enough quickness to get to a spot so they can shoot the puck. The second thing is, They've got to have enough of a pop in their stride that when somebody's checking them, they can create just enough separation to get rid of the shot. They don't have to be a blazer. Which, they, I mean, it would help. Sure, it'd be great if everybody had every tool. But if you can just think somebody's back checking on you, you've got, a, you've got space in front of you and you can't get there. You can't separate yourself from the back checker. doesn't matter if you've got a great release. You can't separate yourself. You have to be able to separate. Have you seen it's possible that you haven't because his ice time has been spotty. Uh, things were up and down, off and down with uh, Barry Trotz, who didn't believe in him yet, uh, was working on him as a long-term project. But have you seen enough of Oliver Wallstrom to have an opinion if he's a guy worth taking a long look in that spot? They did put him there toward the end of last year. You know what? I don't. Um, I, I don't. I wouldn't have enough of a a book on it. The, the problem becomes as you, you know, you look at the standings every year and the points are just like murder to get is that to give somebody a 10 or 15 game look is really hard unless you're just a developing team and you say, Hey, I've got the time. And if the guy goes zero for 13, then I know he can't quite do it yet. And we'll get back to it. Well, I don't want to waste 13 games figuring it out, but eventually you've, you got to step off the curb. If, if you say the, the line mates are going to start with their Parisi and, and Paul Mary and, and it doesn't work, well, you're not going to hang around for 25 games figuring that out. Like maybe he becomes the next guy that gets an opportunity if it doesn't work. And if it works, great. But the, the production of Matt Barzell is critical because he drives so much of the offense there. If he's a 70-point scorer, the Islanders are screwed. They need him to produce big numbers. Ray, I'm with you there. Sean here. Uh, just want to pivot a little bit to, to look at the Islanders season overall. 
going in. Obviously, it's it's been well documented the issues that they had last year with the disappointing season. They were considered cup contenders. They had the long road trip at the beginning of the season. They have bouts with COVID. And they have a very quiet summer. They're basically doubling down on the roster they had last season. They, they get a little younger on defense with Char and Green retiring. They bring in Romanov, but not much else after that. So is this a team that can bounce back with a new coach in Lane Lambert, or is this a team that's going to be struggling a little bit uh, coming off of uh, maybe a team that, that disappointed as much as they did last season? Well, it, it's interesting because when you look at them, the, the real disappointment, be, well, first of all, starting the year like they did is – death like you don't have a chance even though they got to come home and all that then they finally get home and you're not really at home you've never been in the rink any more than the visiting team that you're playing so it was really a difficult stretch to just hope that you can keep your head above water and they couldn't and then they're starting to chase so when i look at the islanders there's only one place that that they need to improve and that's they've got to find a way to score more goals Right. Like you can't, you can't be in the bottom five or seven in the league in goals and think that you're going to be a playoff team. I don't care how well you defend. You just, you can't defend well enough to never score. Right. Like you just, you can't, especially since if you go around the league and start tallying up the number of players that had career highs last year, like goals are up. You need some offense, but you can't just go, new coach and all that and say, yeah, the heck with the way we used to play. We're going to play this open style. We're going to, you know, get our D up the ice. We're going to rush four guys up the ice. You, you can only dance with the people you've got. You can't invent players. So they've got to be careful about while wanting more offense, 50 more goals would be nice. <laughs> um, right. Like it yeah. would be nice. So like, say you're not going to defend quite as well and you give up, 15 more goals or so, and you don't score outside of that, how are you going to be any better? You're just not. The strength of their team's on their blue line. They get five guys that are under 28 or nine years old. Like, that's clearly their strength. Can their forward score enough really is going to determine for me um, whether they can be a team that can climb that gap into the playoffs. Their, their goaltending is enviable. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams around the league that are, they got one guy and they hope for the second guy or some are hoping for both guys and the Islanders don't have to, to worry about that. I, I would say this, they, you know, as much as they struggled last year, they had 84 or five points. I don't think eight teams in the East are getting a hundred points this year. Mm. And, and one of the reasons I think that is the Sabres, the Red Wings, Ottawa, probably New Jersey, they're not giving away as many points as they did last year. They're going to claw points back out of those top teams. Can the Islanders claw some of those points out? Like, is Florida getting 122 points again? Not a chance. Somebody's getting those points. Right. And if you can find a way to get yourself into the 94, 5, 6, 7 range, you got a chance. Like, that's six or seven wins for the Islanders. They can do that. They've sure. got to find some offense. Absolutely, and I guess to to key in on that, I guess the big question for the Islanders is: Can that offense be found on the, on the current squad that they have, or or does Lou have more work to do to try to make a make a deal to to add some more offense to support the great goaltending that you mentioned in Sorokin and Varlamov, and and also uh, you know you hope the the younger, more uh, speedy defense now, and now that they've gotten a little younger. Right. Well, I I would I wouldn't be comfortable myself with just that group of forwards. And, and this is why every goal is like climbing up 10 miles, a muddy road. It's too hard to get. It would be nice to score some easy goals. The Islanders don't have guys that score easy. It's work and work is really hard to be productive at over an 82 game run. It's just really hard to, you, you need somebody to play a crappy game and score two goals. Like, there, there are lots of nights. Now, this is a terrible example. But there's lots of nights Alex Ovechkin doesn't have a great night and he gets two goals. Right? It would be nice to have a shooter in that form. Not Alex Ovechkin going to be 
probably the greatest goal scorer of all time. Right. That's not what I mean. But it would be nice <laughs> if somebody could score off the wing, if somebody could take a turnover and score, and you're like, man, we got five shots this period, we got two goals. That doesn't happen very island, very often for the Islanders. And it makes offense, it makes the night after night such a grind. It wears teams down. Ray, last, uh, last two ones for me, and, and, uh, and then you'll – uh, thank you for your time here, and, and welcome uh, to another season of ESPN Hockey. I hope that's uh, gone great for you. We appreciate all the work yeah. that you do there. Thank you. It's been good. It's been it's been fun. It's been um, you know for me to be able to do a final for the first time was was just so great uh, to watch Colorado win in the fashion they did, and to you know to watch Tampa just like hang in there. They were hanging by a thread um, and I'm watching, you know, from ice level. I mean, it was awesome. I, I just love Yeah. Your work in Carolina was really, really good too. Some reason, some of those broadcasts just stood out there, the atmosphere and you in the middle of it was amazing. I wanted to ask you one more about Barzal. I think you could understand uh, you've played for different teams. You're in different markets, big markets, small markets, and you were here. The, the feeling coming out of today and today's announcement is that, you know, just about everybody in New York, Long Island loves the deal. And then people sitting on the outside, including fellow analysts, friends and smart people and good people that we both know are like, ah, it's, boy, that's a lot of money for a guy who hasn't scored X amount of goals or whatever. Can, but can you make starters? I don't think 9.15 gets them, gets in the way for this player doesn't get them in a way of being able to do more things. They have other cap problems, but this isn't one of them. Um, can you understand that why the Island thinks this is a good deal and, you know, really kind of who cares what everybody else thinks about this is just a, this is a unique situation for this franchise in this market. And by this market, I mean, Long Island slash Queens slash New York, not New York. Well, um, Almost anyone that you see that signs a deal of, of Matt's length and, and total value, um, people are going to find a way to, to chip back against it because it is a lot of money. It is $72 million. Like, it's a lot. And you're, oh, I worry about this on the back end of the contract. Yeah, well, you worry about all of it on the back end of the contract. Do you think these general managers are signing these contracts and going, we've got a steal? Never. <laughs> right? They're always thinking, man, it would have been nice to save some money here to carve a little bit off the back end here. You know, like, I know Nate McKinnon's an amazing player, but do you think Colorado's jumping up and down? They had to pay him $12.6 million a year. There. <laughs> like, of course not. You'd like, you'd always, the team would always like it to be less. You, you always would. There's no deal that everybody is going to agree and say, yeah, that's the one. Right? Like, they, they just, when they sign it, 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 chances are there's going to be people that don't like the deal. Now, Connor McDavid signed right out of his entry level, signs for, you know, $100 million in eight years. And if it's possible to, and it is, to outplay your $12.5 million contract, he does. Right? So there's... Some guys will play to the value of it. Some will fall a little bit short. I just think there's the Islanders took a calculated, it's not even a gamble, but a calculated look at this and said, there is much more here for Matt Barzell. And we're comfortable paying him that. Here's the other thing. If you don't pay him and he leaves, now you're going to spend the next forever looking for the next Matt Barzell. Absolutely. That's what always happens. And I want to leave you with this one, a fun one. When you did my show last year, we did kind of name association. I threw like five names out at you, Steve Thomas, uh, Casper and Vladimir Malikoff. Uh, you're amazing. You're throwing back stories. One, one guy, I mean, there's 15 I could ask you about still. I'll just ask you about one. Glenn Healy. What comes to mind? Um, I thought I talked a lot till I met Heels. <laughs> I thought I had opinions till I met heels. <laughs> if I ever worried about what my suits looked like, I took great comfort in looking at heels. 
because there was nobody that could make a really good suit look worse. One of one of my all-time favorite teammates, an absolute 100% battler, wore his heart on his sleeve. Whatever he had on any particular night, we got. He gave everything that he had and made the most of everything that he was gifted with. I just loved having him as a teammate. Hey, you won one of the playoff games against Pittsburgh, something like 7-5, and I feel like there's not a goal you'd rather have in your net that night than Glenn Healy. Well, and, and here's the thing. So Heels would give up that, you know, in that game. I think it turned out 8-5, actually. And it <laughs> you was probably got another one I forgot about. Sorry. It was, it was probably a, and it was a crazy third period, if I remember correctly. And Heels just like, he, I'll say this, he didn't care. He's like, okay, it's in the net. Screw it. Now we got to play again. Like he just, he just had this, we're going to find a way. I'm going to find a way to win. And he gave what he had. I will tell you, for those that remember the 93 series, somebody sent me like a 20 minute montage of highlights of, of the seventh game. I had no idea Pittsburgh had so many chances. I thought we were really in control when it was three, one heels was like a, you know, like he, he was all over the place. He was spectacular. And I was like, man, I had no idea. I had no idea. It was a brilliant performance. Well, Ray, we cannot thank you enough for giving us all this time tonight, especially on such a short notice. We really appreciate that. And if I could speak very quickly from a fan's perspective, that 93 team was a joy to watch, especially yourself with all those huge goals that you scored. And uh, that was the first eye on the team that I really fell in love with. So just wanted to send a big thanks out for that and really appreciate you joining us tonight. And best of luck this year with the ESPN and TSN and, of course, the Rain Drags podcast. Awesome. Thank you very much. I'm glad it was, uh, I'm glad it was fun to watch because it was sure a hell of a lot of fun to be part of. <laughs> it looked like it, right? Thanks so much. Have a great night. Take care. Thanks, Ray. You got it. Well, Chris, that was some fantastic stuff from Ray Ferraro. What a treat to have him on the show tonight. I believe you reached out to the Twitterverse today, and you got some questions and comments from some Islander fans over there. So why don't we jump into that and get it going? Yeah, I wanted to gauge everybody's reaction to the signing. And, and you know, listen, almost 90% wildly positive. You're always going to have a negative one. Also, some sure. fans of other teams chiming in. Uh, first question, <laughs> though, from Andre. Chris, this is a great signing. Question I have for you. Someone's worked for a team, blah, blah. That, I don't mean, you know, so, yeah, I worked for a team, but I didn't play on it. <laughs> is, does a star player ever think about management's ability to get an elite guy for him to play with when deciding on extending his contract, or is that a non-issue? So basically, let me clear that up because I fudged that a little bit. Was <laughs> that is Barzell thinking about, okay, I'm going to sign with this team because I think they're going to get that guy. And I think the answer to that is, well, you know what? Bless Matthew Barzell because he didn't think about that. Like, I don't think that's something you could possibly project. He put his money literally where his mouth is. He put the prime of his career uh, back. He backed up all of his words. Yeah. And he signed with this team knowing where they are, knowing what's in the pipeline, maybe rot to something, maybe defore something, knowing the prospects are not great, knowing the cap is, is tight. And he still signed anyway. So, you know, I do, the answer to the question is I think some players would but in this case, Barzal just said, you know what? I love it here. I want to be here. I love the fans. I love my team. I, I'm signing here. Yeah, I, I'm with you there, Chris. And, but I, look, a you part of also disagree. No, I do agree. However, I think any competitive professional athlete at the end of the day does want to win. And there's a combination of everything. There's, there's obviously security. There's family. There's location. And he had nothing but glowing things to say about this franchise. I mean, he basically, he, what did he say? That the lifestyle is elite. And that was music to my ears because there was a lot of speculation from fans this summer because of teams, you know, going elsewhere and whatnot. And, and once again, fans questioning, you know, hey, I thought this was supposed to be a destination now with the new arena, with the new practice facility and the new management and everything like that. And they couldn't reel anybody in. But Matt Barzell, he signs his eight-year contract, and he says, I love being here. This is where I want to be. So he obviously is happy with the environment. He's happy with his teammates. He's happy with management. And he believes he can win with this team because, look, he's a, he's a fiery competitive guy. If he didn't think that he could win with the New York Islanders, he probably would have signed a shorter deal. 
this is a, uh, again, I'll say it's a unique case, a special case, and just good news all around. You really didn't even ask the questions. You just wanted to be here. So agree with all everything you're saying there. Uh, Kevin says, this is a good question. How does Barzal's new contract impact Brock Nelson's future with the club? As it stands right now, he probably has the most valuable to trade. He has the most value to trade and get a winger. Uh, I mentioned Rod, two things like that. I'll, my immediate answer to it is, well, I wouldn't do a darn thing with Brock Nelson. <laughs> no, I, I, Brock <laughs> not Nelson, right now. Brock Nelson is not like my favorite player on the team because there are other guys maybe with more flair, dash, or, you know, I feel like I maybe know a little bit more or whatever. But he's the one guy who most every night I come out saying, well, he could play on my team anytime. And I hope no matter what they do, he's there. And I think the team feels about him that way too. So so I don't think this is about like, okay, we signed Matthew, so what are we gonna do with Brock? I think this is a this is a package where he's around too. Brock Nelson has been probably the most consistent player on the New York Islanders since Barry Trott started his tenure with this team. And you definitely the most consistent forward, probably the most consistent player. He has been extremely reliable. He's gotten better over the course of these last few years. He obviously had a career year, and his goals scored with 37 last season. So Brock Nelson's a very valuable piece to this team, to the point where he was getting more minutes last season. He was considered the first-line center last year for good long stretches because of how his line was doing. So he's a huge asset to this team. I do get the long-term view here, where now that you have Barzell locked in and you have a a potential hopeful in Atu Ratu here who could who, who could be a top six center. And look, hopefully that is a luxury they have a, a couple years down the road when, when look, Brock's in his 30s now. So, you know, he we may not be looking at 35, 40 goals in a few years, but let's let's give it those few years before we get there. Brock Nelson's an important cog right now. And let's Atu Ratu, you know, kind of cut his teeth in the bridge. And, and as we, we talked about Sunday, maybe he gets a, 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 a look sooner than we think, but... But let's uh let's pump the brakes on moving Brock Nelson out of the New York Islanders just for now. I'm with you on that one as well. Next question from Glenn D. Marino. Great news, of course. Um, he's obviously committed to Long Island and the fans. Do we anticipate a letter on his uniform in the near future? My take on that is like I don't think you're going to take away somebody's letter, you know. No. So, um, but that said. Yeah, he, he, he's a leader. They'll say we have leaders who don't wear letters, and eventually right. he will. And probably there's a good chance by the end of this contract, you know, he could be captain of the team. He certainly will be one of the A's. Yeah, Anders Lee is the captain until he's no longer a New York Islander. That's for sure. And then you have, what, Josh Bailey has an A. Cal Clutterbuck has an A. Does anybody, I think that's it. I don't know if anybody else does. I know sometimes they add a couple others to do the home and, and road thing, but... Those guys aren't going to be with the team for much longer, I don't think. So, yeah, eventually you're going to see an A on his chest. But, you know, I, I think he has the right attitude. He's not the, t- he's not the type of player who needs a, a letter on his chest to feel good about his position on the team. You can, you can see how much he loves this team, how much he loves playing for it. I'm sure he'd be happy to accept the letter if and when it comes. But I don't think that's important to him, and that's, and that's what you want to hear. For equal time, the, you know, the questions that were more on the cynical side or wondering side were about cap flexibility and, and where does this put them now? I mean, this is a team and also a fan base that was dying to give Johnny Gaudreau $10 million and not worry <laughs> right, about right. you know what would come after that or thinking, you know. So, um, listen, we know the cap is going to go up a little bit uh, in the coming years or more than a little bit. This, I'll say it one last time on this show, this contract does not get in the way of doing things. There will be other decisions they'll have to make other about other players down the road. But this player, who's your number one center, he's your number one center. Right. Whether where whether it all works out or not, he's your number one center for the foreseeable future and probably for the you know, for the next eight years. At nine point one, that's okay. Yeah, Chris, I think if his contract was in the double digits per year, maybe there's a little more to that concern. But at 9.15, and, and like you said, with the cap going up soon, I don't think it's going to be an issue. And, and we've mentioned a couple of names here that are eventually going to come off the books too. And they're going to free up some more cap room, and they're going to be able to you know, make some more room for, for other strong players on this team. And, and look... And I'm kind of pointing my finger at that fourth line. They're probably one of the most well-paid fourth lines in the league, and and rightfully so. They've earned it. But those guys aren't going to be around much longer. I mean, they're in their 30s. It's, that's eventually going to come off the books, and you might see a more 
I suppose, palatable salary structure for the fourth line if and when there is some change there. So I think all that stuff is going to work out smoothly. Matt Barzell's contract's going to be fine. I wouldn't worry too much about that. You said something early on there that caught my attention uh, that, you know, if it was 10-plus or whatever, it brings up a really good point. And I would be okay with this. I know it seems silly, 9 versus 10 versus 11, but I think if this came in at, like, high 10s a year, which is possible that it could have, then I think I, I wouldn't blame anybody for saying, boy, the Islanders you know, really just decided we can't have another Tavares situation. We can't lose another guy. Right. And, and and they basically gave Matt a blank check. This number, and as it's been pointed out, it's a steady number, as Lou does most of his contracts and has with the Islanders. Um, there isn't any kind of wild surprises or, you know, up and down through the years. So it's a, it's a fair number. But, yes, if this came in at 10 or 11, it would be like, whoa, you know, okay, he's not that. And and, and people would, would be more, in my opinion, justified to say, boy, they just, you know, gave him whatever he wanted because they couldn't risk losing him for PR purposes as much as anything. No, I think Matt Barzell took a fair contract. And I think he really backed up his words leading up to this signing where he said, look, I just want to do something that's fair for the team and fair for myself. And he didn't squeeze them. And, and you're probably right. He could have. You look at the, uh, maybe if this is a little strong, but the desperation on some fans' minds when you lose John Tavares and you strike out on some big-name UFAs over the last few years, right? And and there is kind of an onus on the team and on management to to not strike out here, right? To, to make sure you hang on to this guy after everybody else it couldn't get. So, yeah, he, you know, if he wanted to, he probably could have said, all right, guys, let's, let's see the contract. Let's see a nice big one here. And he didn't, and I think 9.15 is fair, and I think he is going to play into that contract. I mean, if, if, if you're obsessed with the numbers, I think they're going to go up. But at the end of the day, he's going to be a producing first-line center for this team, and if they have any success, he's going to be a huge, huge part of it. I got more than 30 of these that basically say similar ones to what Brian G says. Oh, I'll have him represent the group. This was a very fair deal for both sides. I honestly thought Barzell was going to, on an eight-year deal, we'd get more than 10 a year. Good job by the player and team to hammer out a realistic extension. There are a couple of negative ones from, you know, that I will say from Islander fans, just saying that he'd yet to earn it because of his numbers. And I get it. I understand how it looks when you look at the box score, uh, but okay, for the 18th time, this is a special case. No question about it. And and can we look at recent history here? Matt Barzell led a team, and obviously it was by committee, but he was at the front of a team that went to the conference finals two years in a row. Did anybody care about his points then? They were a goal away from going to the Stanley Cup final two years ago. Was anybody going to say if they got to the cup final and if they won it, say, yeah, they won the cup, but Matty only put up 59 points. So <laughs> not great, really. great point. If I, I didn't see uh, all of Lou's comments, but if he had said, and I get it last year is last year, but if he had said he was rewarding his number one center on a, on a winning team, on a team that, you know, he's, he, he's rewarding teamwork here with right. this guy. If he, if he said that, it would be the right thing to say. Yeah, no, I th- and that's one of the great things that's that's coming from these quotes from Matt Barzell. He seems like a very team-oriented guy. He wants to win with this team. He's he's not about himself, and I think that's refreshing, and, and he could have been. And and look, that's, that's the way this team has been structured over the past few years. We'll see how it goes under Lane Lambert. I think we all expect it's going to at least be similar. So, yeah, he may not be a 75-80 point producer this year, but if they're winning hockey games, it does not matter. It's all about the results, and you can roll your eyes when you hear quotes from Lou Lamorello saying it's not about how many goals, it's about goal differential. But the truth of the matter is, if they're winning games for you as a fan, I think that's all you need. That's all you want. And, and my final comment here is that we know that in some areas, tickets went up. Um, right. I've heard that for some, parking went up. Mm. This has been a, a long off season of no major moves. The Romanoff right. thing does not encourage somebody to pick up a phone or to hand over their credit card right. or whatever. Right. Um, and this went on all summer. I trust that sales around the team are good. I don't think they're great in terms of season tickets and partial plans and things like that. And finally, and in blue <laughs> fashion, on October 4th, he said, here's the gift. 
You know, here's the one thing. And it is significant. I understand it is the returning or the retention of a player, but this is Barzal, and this is coming after Tavares and other things that have happened with this franchise. So I suspect that business picked up. In fact, you have to know. I you sure. don't need me to suspect. I use that word too much, by the way, too. Um, <laughs> yeah, business picked up today. And it'll pick up tomorrow. Eventually, it'll come down to how the team does at the start of the season. But finally, on October 4th, some positive buzz, more positive buzz, besides the narrative we're bringing the band back together, is around this franchise. And in a very, very, very big way, I know something else major happened in New York sports tonight. So we, the back, we used to say, <laughs> no idea so what you're about. yeah, we, we didn't get, we're not getting the back page again, not even for Long Island's <laughs> newspaper. And I get it. But for the thing that we talk about and you talk about and Christian talks about on this show and for everything that the people who we hear from and our neighbors and the fans and all the people we see at UBS and around the world who follow this team, this is a very, very big day. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. No, no question about it. It's a, it's a huge positive day for for the Islanders and Islander fans. And, you know, you key in on October 4th, and I, and I happen to see this floating around on social media today. But apparently October 4th was the same date when Garth Snow acquired Johnny Boychuk and Nick Letty in the same day. So kind of an anniversary of sorts. And that was a huge catalyst for that team, where it kind of put them in the in the mix for you know, being taken taken seriously after some rough years. It was a great day. It was it was the day that where the cap space, which seemed to have been, they were holding on to it for a long time, <laughs> right. was used in a good way. Great moves by, by Garth, and those guys made a big difference. Again, uh, intangibles too, not just talent and all that right. stuff, but some flair, some leadership, some jam. Uh, fans loved them. Um, you know, so that was a, that was a big day. This is bigger than that because this is long-term. This is a player in, in his prime. This is your number one center. Yeah, it's it's going to be looked at as a, as a very positive day for this franchise. Absolutely great stuff. So, Chris, unless you have any more Twitter comments, I think we can wrap this thing up. We're good. All right. Well, there's the music, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank you so much for, for catching this bonus episode of Hockey Night New York, our little Matt Barzell contract reaction show. I want to send out a huge, huge thanks once again to Ray Ferraro of ESPN and TSN for joining us here, talking a little Islanders, talking a little Matt Barzell. And Chris, once again, three three times in a row here, buddy. I don't know what's going on, but uh, thanks again for jumping in, huh? I appreciate it. Thank you to all the fans. I think it'll probably be a little while when you see me again, but thanks for all the reaction, the positive words, and Christian, he's all yours. <laughs> Sounds good. want to send a big thanks out to our sponsors, Blue Line Deli and Bagels, Lost Farmer Brewing Company, and of course, RJ Daniels. Chris, once again, where can we follow you on the Twitter? At Chris Bada, NHL, but only if you have something positive to say, okay? Nothing negative, folks. And folks, you can follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. You can follow our pal Christian Arnold at C underscore Arnold 01. You can follow the show here at Hockey Night New York at Hockey Night NY at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for Chris Bada. My name is Sean Cuthbert. We've been Hockey Night New York. We'll see you next time.